welcome to the Sister Time Podcast, the show about shows time forgot. You think it was all some horrible fever dream until we find it and we show you that it was terribly real. This is my co-host, Maddie Howard. Hi. And I'm, I'm Abby Howard. That's us. We're the hosts. Wow. Do you think our voices sound too alike? Like, do you think people hear us and they're like, which one's Abby and which one's Maddie? No, because we speak differently. I speak lower than you. You're more excited about life. You're more jaded and withered. Well, I'll tell you what I did this week. I watched Brave Star. Oh, me too. Wow. We have so much in common. What a coincidence. How was Brave Star? Did you like it? I don't know. Brave Star. I didn't hate it. It wasn't the... Brave Star. Eyes of the hawk. Ears of the wolf. And one day a lawman appeared. With powers of fox, wolf, puma, and bear. Protector of peace, mystic man from afar. Champion of justice, Marshal Brave Star. Legs of the puma? Is that how it goes? No. Strength of the bear, speed of the puma. Speed of God. the puma. Anyway. Okay, let me tell you, let me tell you really quick. So the when I first started watching Brave Star, which was, I don't know, like three days ago, I for some reason, and I've just been crying so much recently, but when I started watching it, I was like I really like this. I think this is really good. And I started crying during the opening <laughs> sequence of the very first episode that I watched because I was just so moved for some uh, reason. What episode? was That That was Tunnel of Terror, right? Tunnel of Terror, yeah. That one is an especially bad one. Oh, yeah. It was really bad. But like, or the episode was just kind of like, it was weird, but it was also kind of boring. You know how they can take something that is very interesting, which this show, I think, is very interesting in theory. And then yeah, they have of, all these awesome things that happen, but then it just... I had to skip a bunch of parts that were pretty boring. And any time that one of the prairie people talked. I got used to that. I thought they were actually kind of cute after a while. Really? It's that Stockholm like, Syndrome setting in. Yeah, they were like snarf, but taken to like the 10th degree. This was the last Filmation cartoon broadcast before they shut down. Filmation, by the way, people who made He-Man, She-Ra, and etc. Did they do Thundercats? So, no. Oh, okay. Thundercats is better than this. God, the animation. One time, this was just an example of the animation in this show. So there were two characters who were talking, so they zoomed in on their feet, which weren't moving or anything, just their feet, so that they wouldn't have to animate the mouths moving. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And this happens a lot, but a character will just, like, their mouth will open and words will come out, but the mouth will not, like, flap up and down. It'll just stay open the yeah. whole time. Or if the character's far like, away, they just won't bother. Which is, tr- but, which is funny yeah, because, I mean, corners, so. if you read the it's Wikipedia fine. article, they were, like, rotoscoping from live action and stuff. Like, they were really... You could see every now and then in an episode, there was, a, like, a few seconds where you're like, whoa, they actually tried. So it was just that they couldn't do a whole episode of good animation. Uh, the tale of Brave Star takes place in the far future on the desert planet of New Texas, which has three suns and is full of carium, a precious ore that is like ten times more valuable than gold. The carium rush brought settlers, but also wretched outlaws. So they called upon Marshal Brave Star, a muscular, super-powered, techno-Native American lawman, to protect them from evil. And at the end of an episode, there's always a ham-fisted moral message. Did they do that with He-Man, too? I don't know. I didn't watch you, man. I don't know whether it was ever as literal as, like, Bravestar literally sits down at the end of the episode, looks directly into the camera, quote-unquote. says, hey, kids. And says, like, me, the lesson Marshall of Bravestar. this episode was. 
Sometimes it'll be another character, like my favorite one, because it was so bad. This character whose whole thing is smokes cigars and coughs a lot and is horrible. He's like this horrible little henchman to the evil guy. He comes out to let the kids know not to smoke because it's going to kill him someday. <laughs> I was like, really? I don't know. There was something about like the story of Bravestar and like the stuff in it was really interesting to me. Yeah, it's like, you know, techno western, bunch of machines everywhere and like really clunky looking machines, which I enjoyed a lot. It was not like a smooth universe. It was definitely kind of like a cobbled together place. Yeah. So we got Bravestar. He has the eyes of a hawk, the ears of the wolf, strength of the bear, and speed of the puma. And anytime he uses any of these powers, there is a lengthy animation sequence of him staring off and being like, eyes of the puma, or whatever. And <laughs> then, like, the animal How can you get is, this like, wrong? It's so easy. Superimposed on his face for an instant just in case you forgot, and there's a little animation sequence the, like, animal does, and it's like, he does it, like, 16 times an episode, so it's always just like, yeah. I'm gonna use strength of a bear! And then he, like, backs up. Everybody has to wait 10 minutes for him to do, like, the strength of a bear animation. Yeah, he can use these powers a lot, which I was kind of surprised by. I don't know, usually there's kind of a limit on it, so that your, you know, main yeah. character is not too overpowered. But or, like, you need some no. kind of, like, like, Birdman needed to be in the sun to use his powers. But he has no weakness. He's just perfect. Yeah, he's basically perfect. Which is fine. I mean, he's a pretty cool guy. He is guided by a mysterious shaman who lives high on a mountain and is locked in constant struggle with the powerful forces of evil that used to rule the planet. His greatest adversary, Stampede, who I assume you didn't hear about. At what? Right? Have you heard about Stampede? Was he mentioned in any episode that you watched? I don't think so. Apparently he's the main villain of the series. Wait, what about, um... Tex-Hex? Tex-Hex. Uh, he's the underling to Stampede. Oh, really? I thought... wasn't. He's whole... never mentioned, but uh, he's amazing and i'm like why isn't he mentioned all the time because like even in thundercats the guy mummy guy mumra is in every single episode yeah you know that he's the big bad guy but in this one it's like uh, there was one episode where i heard tex hex say we gotta get this carrium to stampede and i'm like huh who's that why you gotta get to anybody but there's this giant partly skeletal bronchosaur that lives in a techno mountain excuse me the world used to be ruled by bronchosaurs like these big, gigantic, evil kind of bull horse dragons. Bull horse dragons. The carcasses of the mighty bronchosaurus pepper the landscape because all of them are dead except for him, which is really cool. Is but that cool or sad? Well, he's literally. The they last died one because of his, of his quest for power. It was all his fault that they're all dead. Oh, and whoa. he doesn't care about it. But you never ever see it or hear about it. There's only 65 episodes. I watched like 10 episodes or something. And one time he was mentioned. And I'm like, what? Why isn't he all over the place? Especially with this whole like the shaman and him locked in a constant struggle. Like, come on. Maybe it's that he's really expensive to animate. I did feel like this show occasionally got like way evil. People die on this show. Kind of. Sort of. Like, there's that one kid who overdoses on the drug. Oh, yeah. Did you actually find that episode? I didn't watch that episode, but I heard about it. I wanted to. Yeah, they had an episode about drugs, and uh, a kid gets addicted to a drug and dies. I wish I could have found it. Anyway, 3030 is a wretched horse machine. I'm glad to hear that you did not like 3030. Of course I didn't. He's horrible. (laughs) Well, though... 
in the film, there's kind of... Because did you guys catch like that? Abby movie? watched the movie. Yeah, there's like a 90-minute movie. I watched that. Most half of it you is like this so horrible battle. You are so dedicated. I want to do a good job. I want to make sure I have stuff to talk about. So um, 3030 is this hyper-muscular and very bad-tempered horse who can be either a horse or a man. But of course, as a man, he's mostly horse. He's yeah, he still looks like just a, kind of, like, again, like a furry. Yeah, he's a furry. And he's a super muscular one. The first time I saw this horse, I was like, oh my god. There must be so much porn of this horse. Is there? And especially since he's best friends with Bravestar, who's also super muscular. Like, this is perfect for those furries who really like muscle people. Did but you, like, Google I looked that? it up. Of course I looked it up. Oh god. Of course I did. Oh god. I, there, I was very disappointed did, with like, how much there wasn't. Rule 34 not work? Well, I'm sure I needed to just dig a little bit more, but yeah. all I wanted to see was the surface level and I was done. I felt gross. Just I should have gotten an incognito window. I don't want anybody to know that I Googled Brave Star Porn uh. or 3030 Bara. <laughs> anyway, so that was the, uh, the lowdown on the porn. In the film, 3030 is actually way cooler. So halfway through the movie or something, we still haven't seen him. And I was like, huh, where's that asshole horse that I hate? The shaman sends Bravestar to a mountain and he's like, go and find this weapon. And then he goes to this temple that is full of all this horse statue stuff. And I'm like, oh, so there was some kind of a horse civilization, like a techno horse civilization. He's actually called techno horse, by the way. And then he has to fight 3030. But then the temple starts to come down and 3030 is just like, just leave me here. I've been defeated. And of course, he's probably the last of this horse race. And I'm like, oh, he's going down with his kind. He's failed. And now he'll be buried under rubble. Of course, Brave Star saves him. And then it turns out the weapon he was sent after was friendship all along. Actually, they actually said those words in the show. I do feel like sometimes Brave Star is just, it's so corny. Ham-fisted. It is the most ham-fisted. But, like, some of the ideas I love are so it. cool. And also, like, some of the villains are, like, so nasty. And I don't know. Oh, my God. I love Tex-Hex. I love Tex-Hex, too. You know, he's, like, what Tex-Hex. the show is built around. Yeah, it was. Like, on Wikipedia, uh, somebody who was working on Ghostbusters came up with Tex Hex and was like, you know what? No, I want to take this character and build an entire world around him. So that's what they did. And then, like, Brave Star is just a side effect of the world that Tex Hex was invented to be in. Which is pretty impressive. I mean, he's a really great superhero. Brave Star? And then I, we've got... I actually really liked him, too. I wonder if that's part of it, is that he has such a... He has a personality. So Tex Hex, he's like kind of a weird skeleton dude, and he's got superpowers too. Like they don't talk about it a lot, but he can like turn things into other things. He can zap you with bolts of lightning. He's got all kinds of powers, and he can disappear and reappear somewhere else in like a vapor. That's really cool. Also, they go into his origin in the film. So he was just like this super bad dude. Uh, his ship crashed, and then he was brought back to life by Stampede. And given these four different powers, kind of, he's basically the exact opposite of Bravestar. So there was an episode with Tex Hex. Because at first I was like, yeah, okay, that's our villain, Tex Hex. But this one episode really drove it home for me because it had my greatest weaknesses in it, which is a blind lady is nice to Tex Hex and he falls in love with her. Oh. And he's like, oh, this nice blind lady is so nice to me. And she's like, you can be good too, Tex. It's fine. You can do it. And he's like, you're wrong. It's too late for me. And I'm like, oh, my feelings. It was so basic, but it really just tapped into that that little thing I like, which is bad dudes trying to be good because they met a woman who was nice. Because I like villains, you know. Yeah, but I'm a of nice course, person. Of course. So that's like so. the thing that you would imagine for yourself if you were like, yeah, it's my insert. That. This show, I was really 
trying to like it very hard, I think. And I don't think I totally succeeded because the show itself, like the actual plots, pretty slow and like difficult. To there isn't through. really a plot. It's always an episodic plot. So it's like, ah, all contained in this one episode. And there doesn't seem to be an overarching plot. And that's kind of, I think, an issue. There's nothing to tie you down. Yeah. It's just kind of like, ah, oh, Brave Star, it's something to put on, I guess. I mean, it seems to just be the villains want carrium, mm-hmm. so they steal it from people. The economy of the, like, town is pretty intense. It's, I mean, it's a gold rush, so... Yeah, and it's, you know... It's it, gonna run out. But it's not even really just a gold rush, it's oil. If you yeah, it's fuel it. as well. Yeah, and so And also, it can be used for, apparently, research, like, there might be some healing properties to it. It's like a super magical, amazing substance. Yeah. And this planet is full of it. God, I just couldn't shake the fact we're seeing this planet in the summer of the rush, and it's gonna end. They're gonna take everything out of this planet. And leave. The prey people, we haven't talked about them yet, but we're gonna now, are this like group of basically mole people who live on this planet, and they don't really care about Carrium all that much, it seems, maybe, except now they can use it to barter with the humans, but the humans are also just taking it from them, because they see all this land as just free open land, but it's not, it belongs to the prairie people who have lived there forever. But there's like no indication that the prairie people are being compensated, It's yeah, and then you've got all. this like Native American protagonist. They're doing the same thing to the prairie people that we did to some of the Native Americans. But we were it, like, oh, you have nice stuff. It's our stuff now. Yeah, but it's clearly not meant to evoke that. Not at all. It just seems to be something they accidentally did on this show and didn't really ever try to fix. Yeah, like... But they did have racism against the prairie people. But then the prairie people, at the end of the episode, always forgive people for being racist to them and are never just like, hey, you're stealing our land from us. Probably because they don't understand the full extent of what these humans are gonna do yeah because in that same episode they were like man i'm never gonna understand these humans as they like give them some carrium and it's like what and then it's also kind of like there's the part where you know the humans tacitly agree that being racist towards the prairie people is wrong after trying to kill them right there's a whole long chunk of time and usually like in every episode they hit on it every once in a while like they call them prairie rats they have like you know fucking slurs on this show for the prairie people. In fact, Bravestar uses a slur one time right. in anger. Right. And then he's right next to his deputy, who is a prairie people person. And the prairie person is just like, Bravestar, what did you. You just called them critters. And Bravestar <laughs> was like, uh, well, uh, I was mad at them. And I wonder if all of the moralizing shows tend to backfire a little bit. The shows where, well, like... Well, on this one, it's because they didn't really think about their own world. Yeah, like, the structure as much as of they the world should have. is teaching lessons, too. Like, you can totally just go to someone's planet and take everything they have. That's totally morally fine. Yeah. See, they're okay with it. So it's but fine. But see... Maybe they don't know that carrium is something that is necessary for their planet to exist. Or they like, don't know if that's true. They don't true. truly like understand the value because of it. they've never lived without it. So yeah, and like they should have some kind of infrastructure. If it's like as valuable as the spice in Dune, there should be some kind. Which of... Which they, in fact, I think basically quote it because someone says, I think Tex Hex at one point says, "If you control the carrium, you control the universe." Seriously. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I was sort of thinking, like, so this is basically the spice, and it's basically kind of Dune. Like, it's a desert planet, so... They even have sand eels. They have sandworms, yeah, they call them sand Which they mentioned one time and never again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, wait, what what happened to the sand eels? But no, like, hideous monster floating baby in space, so... 
As far as we know. Oh yeah, the prey person, the way he became a deputy, by the way, he saved Bravestar's life and the entire town from Stampede because he took a techno bullet for Bravestar, so... He took a bullet for Bravestar? Yeah, a techno bullet. A techno bullet. How is a techno bullet different from a regular kind? It's like a laser and it doesn't hurt you. It doesn't hurt you? So he was fine. He had like a cast on his arm at the end and he was totally fine. And I'm like, huh, you looked really good. That kind of like takes away some of the value of taking a bullet for someone when the bullet is kind of like, I don't know, it sounds like it's basically like getting buzzed by static electricity. Yeah, I mean, that's how all the guns in this show are. Whenever they have a fight, you don't really care because they just shoot each other with lasers and fall down and get back up. And it's like, oh, I got stunned. (laughs) I'm fine now. What kind of lesson does that send that the guns don't kill you, but the drugs do? On shows like this, they always have guns that are useless. And kids have, you know, like little pop guns or something. There are like tons and tons of morals on this show. What do you think is like the overarching moral of Brave Star? You said it earlier, don't steal. That's like it? Stealing is bad. That's not the overarching one. Uh, killing is bad too? Because if stealing were bad, then they wouldn't be stealing the carrion from the prairie people. They just didn't think about it. Because they don't even think it's stealing. Because we live in a society where that's kind of ingrained as not stealing. Wait, I don't think that the overarching moral is don't steal, though. That's, like, the moral of a few episodes. Like, never steal stuff. Well, I feel like they're just all... Like, the entire conflict between main characters and the evil guys is the evil guys want to steal from them. They want to steal all the carrium. But they want the carrium in their town. So they have... And it's also unclear, like, why do they have a right to it and the other guys, like, don't? It seems like there should just be rival mining companies instead of just everyone mining carrium is good. Everyone trying to take the carrium that has been mined is bad. God, they just never go out and try to find carrium on their own. They just wait for somebody else to find it. Maybe it's being lazy is bad. If you're lazy and then steal from people who aren't lazy. I don't know. But they are kind of lazy. Yeah, anyway... I think actually it's a little bit more try to be good and communicate with people better. Because there's always a part where it's like, you know, the villain comes to understand why what they did is wrong. It's trying to give examples of like this ethical choice. Here is why this choice is good and this choice is bad. And trying to like walk you through the steps to teach you empathy. Because you're a fucking child and you're still ripping the wings off of flies. But it's also totally fine if somebody is evil to just beat them up all the time. Yeah, you can just beat them up though. I guess <laughs> there's never a moment where it's like nonviolent. Do you think that the Native American thing is racist? Yeah, kind of. With the bear because it's treating and stuff. They're them like magical people. Like Brave Star is a magical. But uh, they did belong to I think people who might have lived on the planet. Because in the movie they go into it, and there are more Native Americans. Are there techno Native Americans? Native Americans who lived on New Tech. Well, they're not Native Americans though, because it's the Native. New Texans. Native New Texans? But they, they I don't think he is native to New well, Texans. Well, because they all seemed to be on the planet before, but then there was all this stuff with all the bronchosaurs, and they all left. Wait. They're all in space so, now. So there's more of them, but they're just in space. So he is a native New Texan. See, the shaman was there too. He and the shaman were buddies already, and they went into space after everybody else. And he got zapped by star powers, and that's why he has all these superpowers. But he didn't have them before, he just had the potential for them. And then he had to revisit the shaman later in his life to actually gain the powers. Oh my god, I'm so bored. I can understand why they never talk about it. It's easier to just be like, don't worry, he's Native American, that is why he has the speed of a puma. That's why they have North American powers. Where are the bears and pumas and things? You know, he's like. See, I was about to say, what if these are the Native Americans from Earth who moved? 
to this desert planet. Or perhaps were moved to this desert planet. Uh, I feel like there is a hole in pop culture where you see all the time somebody who's sitting down and giving like a really in-depth, thought-out, here are all of the implications of this universe application to like, you know, fucking Thundercats or He-Man or whatever. I feel like nobody... This one is just on the surface. I've never like seen anybody talk about Bravestar ever. Like this is my first meeting with it. It's weird because it seems like it's one of those shows, and it was made by the people who made He Man. Right. I mean, it's, like, why has nobody think, sat down and God. been like and re- written a think piece about how Brave Star is racist towards Native Americans or how it's actually not because of reasons? I feel like I'm now seeing the most meta of think pieces, the ones that are like, why the article that this person wrote about how Brave Star is not racist is actually racist, and here is the reason from a separate article about Brave Stars, you know, whatever. Are we just part of that tradition? We are part of that tradition now. I feel like we do it on this show sometimes, but the dark implications we don't take it very seriously. And it's, movie. we always, we don't do like one of those things where people are like, ah, oh, the Rugrats is all in Angelica's head and all of them are dead. Yeah, like something. the Rugrats movie is actually a fever dream that Tommy yeah, had. Like, ah, oh, all of these shows are dreams. They're all some... They all take place in the same universe. Do you think Brave Star takes place in the same universe as He-Man? Sure, why not? I mean, it it could be. He-Man happened in, like, the medieval times, Other ends of the universe. Oh, yeah, is He-Man in the past? I thought He-Man was in the future. Let me check with Brendan. Brendan? He has no idea. Did you not watch He-Man? He says he didn't watch He-Man. I thought every little boy watched He-Man. He's busy playing a Batman game. He's shooting dudes in in Batman world. Oh, I'm sorry. He's not shooting dudes. Batman doesn't kill people. He's punching dudes. To death. They are dying. <laughs> Punching dudes to the point that their bones don't work anymore. Right, yeah. I feel like you're giving him Punching so many the bones into dust, what is, but it's what fine. Is his quality of life going to be like after that? Anyway, I have to tell you about something. You have to tell me about something? What is it? I have to tell you about Sherlock Holmes in the 23rd century. Was this an episode so, of Bravestar? It was a two parter. Of Bravestar? Sherlock Holmes is transported through a naturally occurring time vortex oh my God. into future London. He teams up with an alien Watson replacement and Mycroft, his last living relative, who is also a badass woman and special agent. Okay. And also he has electric powers from going through the time vortex and Bravestar just happens to be in London. Stop, stop, stop. I'm sorry. I'm going to need I'm going to need a few seconds to I know. to process. Is this a crossover from another show? No, they're just like, mm, what if Sherlock Holmes were here in the future? Okay, the okay. Future. So Sherlock Holmes, Mycroft, and Alien Watson have been transported through a naturally occurring no, no. time vortex. Just Sherlock Holmes. Oh, just and Sherlock then he Holmes. teams up with these people who are in the future. Because when he shows up, it was instantly on the news. Oh, Sherlock Holmes is here. How nice. Mycroft is like, oh, hi, great, 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 great uncle. And he's like, well, hello. And there's Alien Watson. It's me in the future. But but you said he was in Space London. How do they get to Space Texas? They don't get to Space Texas. Brave Star just happens to be there at the same time. Why is he in Space London? And the, he's in Space London because some kid from his planet got kidnapped on a stolen carrium freighter on its way somewhere else, but it got hijacked and taken to New London. Then future Moriarty, who actually put himself in a time capsule so that he could be saved until uh, Sherlock Holmes popped up in the future. Wow, that guy that this is gonna happen. farsighted. So he was the one who stole the freighter, and there's all this stuff takes Holmes on this big goose chase, and he tries to get, become the king of the world through hypnosis. It works for like two seconds. I'm sorry, uh, I'm just... I'm sorry, I'm very confused. Okay, okay, so so Bravestar meets Sherlock Holmes. Yep. The way they meet, actually, is Bravestar sees on the news that he's in town, and he's like, well, I'm in town, too. Maybe I'll get him to help me out on this mystery that I came on. 
to try to find this kid who got kidnapped. <laughs> what? Okay. I know. Okay, all right. I buy the premise. Do they find the kid and everything is all, like, well in the end? Uh, yeah. Except Sherlock Holmes doesn't go home. Okay. He just stays in the future. He just stays in forever. space future? I mean, I guess... And he's excited about it. He's like, I... oh boy! And he's not at all sad that everyone who once knew is, is dead. And the world that he knew is also dead. He's think... like, ah, this new century holds such wonders for me. I mean, kinda. And, and that's kind of fitting with Sherlock Holmes' personality, honestly. Yeah. And that was a two-parter. That was a two-parter. I mean, it, it would have to be just to squeeze thing. in all of the nonsense. Indeed, they have to explain what the hell's going on. I go double time and that's gonna there. take ten minutes. It's just, okay... Bear with us here. Sherlock Holmes in the future. Brave Star's there. Also, Brave Star does almost nothing the entire time. It is Sherlock Holmes's show for sure. I wonder if and Brave Star is kind of like here I am testing the idea for a potential future show of like Sherlock Holmes, but in the future. It seemed so because at the end they set it up like uh, he had Alien Watson, badass Mycroft woman, these two kids who were pickpockets, and he was like, "I'm gonna recruit you as my little assistants." So he's got the setup, but never and they happened. did. They had some little spinoffs planned. Uh, before they got canceled, but one of them was with the Prairie People. Really? And a they didn't say anything about, about a Sherlock Holmes people? one. I know. They're the Ewoks. Oh, they have like, these horrible little voices. They're like oh. Ewoks mixed with Jar Jar Binks. And this be Mousey's office, where me work with Mousey, Brave Star, and Dirty Dirty. Oh, what Zella so proud of fun. But I kind of like them because they're just so innocent. Really? And I like how the deputy really wanted to be a lawman. He was so excited about it. That's true. I thought that That's was true. Really That's heartwarming. Abby, what's your high for this show? I like the part of the theme song where they list his powers. <laughs> I live for that moment in every episode. I was just like, there it is. And I would replay it a couple of times. Can you do it? Can you sing it a little bit? Eyes of the heart, ears of the wolf. <laughs> I love it. What about your low? How boring it could get was definitely my low. Yeah. Like, we talked about it a little bit, but what we've listed here, it sounds like it was an exciting show, but it just had exciting Ideas or something. Things. Yeah, it had exciting ideas that was like, oh... Well, that was really cool what they just had there. But, God, there was so much long, shooty fight scenes with lasers that didn't kill anyone. (laughs) And I didn't like them talking to each other because they were kind of flat and boring people. Yeah. They shouldn't have been. They had, like, they've got this badass woman judge with a power gavel. Right? They've got Brave Star with all these superpowers. You know. you know what might be the thing is that it was released either, I think, a year after the toy line. So they had all I the... I think that has a lot to... Oh, well, I guess they would have the cool characters. They had characters all the ideas the cool for the cool characters, but didn't really, but like, then know the writers kind of how felt, they would, like, interact with each other. Because it's easy to come up with, like, ooh, you know what would be a cool thing? Would be, like, a future judge woman with a gavel who, like, hits you in the face. And it's just like, yeah, that would be cool, but, like, what does she do? By the way, she got that gavel from the prairie people because she was the first person who was nice to them. And by nice to, I think it just means didn't let someone hit one of them. So they got low standards. Yeah, I imagine they do. So Maddie, what was your high? I really liked the landscapes because it reminded me actually of like the Spaceman Spiff landscapes. For sure. Like it's all weird like, desert weird, rock like, formations. Future space Grand Canyon 
stuff that's like pretty cool also pretty lovingly rendered some of the great animation was i think in like the landscapes and the rock slides and stuff like that and then i think probably my low didn't love the prairie people's voices but like that's kind of sort of beside the point because we've established that in every show of this kind there is at least one character who speaks like that who has some kind of yes. indecipherable either like a slobbery thing happening 3030 is honestly kind of like that because he has neighing yeah. he's got like all of this neighing that he does while he's talking and it's just like unbearable un- unbearable but i think the prairie people are way worse than 3030 like you can't even understand what they're saying like half of the time but i don't think that's my low honestly because i was just kind of like expecting that oh and i totally forgot to mention i okay so this is kind of another high a little bit was that i really liked the design of handlebar handlebar oh man i had him written down the bar he handles the bar he handles the bar, but he also has a handlebar mustache. <laughs> there is but, also um, a lot of drinking in this show, which is kind of... Yeah, but it's sweet water, so it's juice. It's, it's juice for grown-ups. Um, like, he, the first time I ever saw him, I, like, paused it, and I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, I had to, like, go back and be like, whoa. <laughs> like, I cannot describe it to you. He is giant and green and chiseled. He looks like he's got some kind of chitinous exoskeleton, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. He's amazing. I, yeah, I loved his character design, and he was one of the toys. I want that toy. And his voice was so weird. He had kind of like an old-timey bartender, but kind of like the voice of a much smaller man, but he like looked huge. And then I also... He was the same species as uh, Watson in the Sherlock oh, really? Holmes crossover. Oh, hey, that's cool. Yeah, but he was like a smaller, chubbier one. Oh. So it wasn't the exact same, which is actually pretty impressive, like having two different aliens and they didn't look the exact right. same. Right, like so the aliens aren't nice. just clones of each other. But what was my real low? So I, I feel like it was probably just... The slowness, the ponderousness, just like yours. It was just, it seemed like it had a really good idea and it was really like, well, you know, thought out. People definitely sat down and were like, what building the world was the thing that they wanted to do instead of like telling a story in that world. This world would be better suited to like a smaller story. Yeah. I feel like if they had just had a set of small characters who were like farmers or something trying to make it on this planet. Yeah. That would have been a better way to show the scope of this ridiculous universe. And honestly, I was sort of thinking, like, this show could do a reboot. That would be pretty interesting. And people love oh, Westerns for sure. now. I feel like today it would be kind of like a fresh thing. We should totally this fund This barely that. needs Let's just... any kind of more grimdark Right, shit. it's it's already grimdark, it's just that it was colorful. All you have to do is, you know, give them a little bit more shadows. And make the prairie people maybe a little bit more unhappy <laughs> than they are. Yeah. Because they're just like, that's A little funny. less joyful. That you're I mean, maybe to, like have it take place twenty years in the future when the carrium's running out, Ooh, and yeah. the prairie people have realized that these people are stealing everything from them and and are trying to get all the people to leave. So yeah, so I think it was an interesting show. I would probably recommend that people watch it just as an interesting little slice of life from like nineteen eighty eight cartoons. Maybe, maybe I'd recommend it. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> if you just skip a bunch of parts, then it's fine. Special thanks to Andy West for suggesting this because it was a real fun one. As you can tell by how much we just talked about the show itself, unlike some of the other episodes where we go off on any other topic. What are we going to watch next time? We're going to watch The Hilarious House of Frankenstein because it looks amazing. It's got Vincent Price on it. It looks ah, and hilarious. And weird makeup. And it's live action. And I'm pretty excited about this. Thank you so much to David Gilbert for recommending this show for us. If you have a show that you would like us to check out that you're not sure whether it was just a dream or you imagined it or whether it was real, 
shoot us a line at sistertimepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much to all of Abby's Patreon supporters and to everyone who's ever liked anything that Abby's ever done because you're amazing. Thank you. Thanks for liking my stuff. It's not hard, Abby. Uh, You're very likable. Find us on Stitcher and iTunes. See you guys next time. Have a good time.